I can remember sitting uh, at my parents' uh, kitchen table, sitting one night with my dad, just going over different numbers and different things, and saying, "Hey, we can we can make this go nationwide." Welcome to the Hometown Founder Podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are doing big things from small places. And now, your host, Kyle Rawson. All right, welcome to the show. Today we're talking to Adam Newman, who owns a company here in Rexburg, Idaho, called Monkey Bars. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Kyle. Yeah, man, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Monkey Bars, what you guys do, and maybe a little about who you are. Uh, well, the company started in uh, Boise, Idaho, back in 2002, and back then our focus was just to you know, clear up space and, and give people more usable space in the garage. And uh, started with uh, with my own parents. My dad, you know, had five kids, had a lot of stuff, and he wanted to get it off the floor and just be able to park a car in the garage, believe it or not. That's really all he wanted to do. Huh. So did it start with uh, a singular product that your dad kind of invented to solve his own problem? Yeah, so he his main goal was just to, to get boxes and things off the floor. And then one of his challenges uh, with five kids, he had a bunch of bicycles. And so if he could hang up his bicycles and, and, and yard tools and things, he was satisfied. And that's kind of what his original goal was. And he, he was able to accomplish it with a product he fabricated and welded in his own garage. And obviously the product has evolved over the last you know 17 years. But sure. <clears throat> that was his main goal. And so... He did it, and from there it kind of grew on its own. Awesome. So your involvement in it, were you was it like a father-son project from the get? Uh, did he retire and pass his empire on to you? How did that work? No, it, it, it honestly, uh, he, he mainly wanted something for himself, and then uh, it was actually more my mom pushing him to, to kind of do this full-time because he, he had a, a, a different uh, career with a, with a company he'd been with for quite some time. And uh, she kind of pushed him into, you know, I think he can do this, and I think this brings a lot of value to people. And so she was a big influence on him quitting this company and this business he worked for for a long time and really going out on his own and and doing it. And they kind of did things for probably the first four or five years themselves. And I just kind of, I came into the scene, and he uh, basically taught me how to weld, which is a really cool skill to have. And taught me how to fabricate the, the items that he was selling. So he would go out and sell and install, and I would fabricate the products. That's so, cool. So how old were you when you first got involved in it? Uh, I was 21. Okay. So, yeah, I was still pretty young. Yeah. So, and then and then today, yeah. what have you and your dad grown monkey bars into? I mean, I don't know what, if you want to go into sales numbers or employees, or like how do, how do you kind of measure yeah, your so, growth? For us, a big thing is um, our customers, are, which we would say our dealers. Um, they're very important to us. We, uh, A lot of them we're really good friends with. We talk to them on a weekly or daily basis even. Um, but currently we're right around the you know, 130, 120 locations. Um, that, that fluctuates as we add you know, new dealers uh, every couple months. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when we had just the, the location in Boise and then after a couple of years of, of working with my dad, I... I said, "Hey, let's let's we can do this at another market." And I took it to Salt Lake with a couple other buddies, and that you know that was kind of the start of getting uh, dealers going. And then 
you know, I, we've brought on other people, you know, a few years uh, after getting that going, I, we brought on uh, Chris Nielsen, who's actually the CEO of the company, a really good friend of mine. We were roommates in college, uh, one of my best friends. And so he's a partner. And then uh, eventually we brought on uh, one of our one of our dealers, uh, Robin Gerard, who's now the, the president of the company. So Cool. So w- when you talk about dealers, what does that mean? Like, are they... Are they like franchise? What what does that exactly mean in the garage <clears throat> installment space? Yeah, so it's it's not a franchise. Um, basically, we have a dealer uh, agreement, meaning they'll they'll purchase product our products and uh, we'll give them uh, a territory that belongs to them. We you know our our obligation is we don't we don't want to put anyone else with them. We want one solid dealer in that that market, um, and then we we basically provide. The best products we can, the be- the best service, and we really focus a lot on that. Um, you know, we 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 don't feel like we're growing or progressing if we can't help our dealers become better, and uh, we take we take that weight on us because we feel like if they don't succeed, it's it's on us. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've got a, a dealer, say in Wichita, Kansas, and then the dealer has that area, and the and the dealer installs garage things in in that territory or does he sell them to customers in that territory? Like what does exactly does the dealer do? Yeah, it's a great question. So <clears throat> a lot of the guys, um, we teach them what kind of marketing works best in their areas. Now, every market, there's some things that work better than others, but for the most part, they're doing the same thing. We also provide uh, websites for every, every one of our dealers and we focus on driving traffic and leads to them. And then hopefully uh, we've given them enough tools, enough uh, training, they're able to go out and give the homeowner, the customer, the best outfit to kind of accomplish their goals. And then, yeah, they would come out, give them a bid. We have a 3D software that allows them to to do a you know a 3D view of their, their garage, putting in vehicles, all kinds of accessories. Oh, cool. So the homeowner really gets a good feel of, oh, hey, this is my garage. This is my truck. This is my car. These are my bikes. Huh. And they come in and... Give them that design, and then uh, once once the customer schedules it, they go out and install it with their team, and hopefully we, uh, you know, fix the world one garage at a time, or make it make it beautiful one garage at a time. <laughs> That's cool. So it's, I mean, obviously you sell really high quality. Uh, what, what do you call it? Garage equipment, garage. Uh, garage organizing organ- products. Okay. It's kind of a- so you sell garage organizing products, but then it sounds like you've also got kind of like this in-house marketing agency that helps your dealers be successful as well are you kind of in a few different industries within your business how do you how do you view that um i mean we we look at it as as departments obviously in the company um you know our, our whole goal there is just to drive leads to those guys um it is it is a focus i think it also helps uh, maybe separate us from some of our competitors doing that in-house we, we like that control because we know we can do a really good job for these guys. And in the past, we actually, um, dealers went on their own and did that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, some didn't have a lot of success because maybe the company, or uh, you know, kind of overseeing that just, you know, it's not that big of a priority. Okay, we'll, we'll put an hour towards this site and, yeah. you know, just see how it does. And, you know, as long as we get our paycheck. For us, it's, you know, we, we want to perform before, you know, we get get anything for the work and uh yeah you know we we do a ton of stuff in the background it's a huge operation in the company 
just to make sure that's always growing and, and doing better than what yeah. it was before. And that's kind of our goal is just to always do better. So do you know if, <laughs> if your dealers or, or like how, how much more successful they are than maybe uh, the dealers for competing products or the success rate of like how, how do you guys gauge the success of your, of your dealers? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, this might sound bad. We don't really watch our competitors that, that closely. We focus more on what our, what our customers want. And then we focus on, um, you know, our, our core customer, our dealers, how to get them to, to rank high, to, to get traffic, to get leads. And we watch that very closely and it's very important. Um, but we really don't watch the, the competitors. I mean, the, I guess the one thing we do notice is, you know, where do we rank yeah. on a page for a keyword in a, in a market versus, you know, the, the guy, you know, the next to us. But other than that, we really don't focus on a single competitor we know who they are sure um but we we don't uh we don't really focus we kind of just judge based on how did we do last year in this area yeah. and how are we doing now awesome i actually really like that that perspective and that idea so let's talk a little bit more about you adam because i mean I, I know you a little bit yeah. i know that monkey bars isn't the only entrepreneurial thing that you've done maybe let's let's go back a little bit further in your life what's what was the first entrepreneurial venture that, that you had, whether it was a legitimate business like monkey bars or I mean, heck lemonade stands, like what, what was kind of the thing that got you started? Um, you know, I, to be honest, uh, the, the first thing would be, uh, monkey bars uh, back then it was called gorgeous garage. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I did a lemonade stand at one time. I just don't remember <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that old. That's too bad that I can't remember. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, back in, uh, 2005, um, uh, after working with my parents uh, for a couple of years and, and watching their growth in Boise, uh, starting the uh, the dealership in Salt Lake, which is our basically second location with a, a couple of friends, a good good friends, um, that was you know my first venture, and I was probably too dumb to know how hard and difficult <laughs> and uh, you know that road really is, you know, and, and if I would have known, maybe it would have kept me out. I don't know, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't change anything now, but uh, it was definitely uh, hard difficult but that was my first run-in with i guess being an entrepreneur and yeah you know starting things so i mean so you you help your dad start kind of the corporate side the the headquarters of of gorgeous garage at the time or monkey bars now but then you also helped start uh one of the dealerships the the salt lake dealership so talk about the maybe the differences in those two aspects like were they similar enough that they were similar experiences or were they pretty different uh, they, they had some similarity. I mean, when when we went to Salt Lake, and I went to my buddies and said, "Hey, my dad's doing this in Boise, and I think we can we can duplicate." We took a lot of the things that he was doing, and applied it to that market, uh-huh. and uh, we we saw success uh, pretty quickly as far as uh, what he was doing. It was working in Salt Lake. Uh, there were some things that that didn't work. Uh, like I said, some markets are a little different, but for the most part, it was just taking that same model and, and duplicating it. And then, you know, year after that, we, uh, I actually depart, departed and went up to Rexburg where, where I'm currently, uh, at and, uh, you know, had convinced my dad to sell the Boise area and move over to Eastern Idaho. We'd start another location. Now we'd have the three, you know, and then, uh, we were able to get Chris on board, which has been a huge help. And he's really uh, helped shape the company and culture. He's a, a very hard worker. And he so. he was your roommate in college, you said? He was. And I've always 
probably since the day I met him, was always very impressed with him because he's someone who uh, really researches and, and learns and studies things he, he may not know. And probably one of the best things is he's, he's, not, he's willing to go seek out you know, the truth or, or answers from people who have, who have a lot more experience than some young 20-year-old guys. And, and I think that's what helped shape a lot of the company because of his skill set. And that was just networking with people and, and seeking out answers, you know, because that's all he, all he cared about was getting to the, the right answer, no matter how it was, whether it was YouTube videos or whether it was a friend down the street or, you know, maybe a professor on campus up at, up at college. He, he sought those things out. That's awesome. So you, you started in, in Boise with your dad with the one location. You decided to duplicate it, uh, take it to Salt Lake, see how it would do do there. It did well. Uh, and, and now here you are with 150-plus dealers. What was what happened in between? Was there a moment that you felt like, oh, man, like this, this thing is going, this is growing? Um, you know, from the very beginning, I can remember sitting uh, at my parents' uh, kitchen table sitting one night with my dad, just going over different numbers and different things and, you know, saying, Hey, we can, we can make this go nationwide. We really felt like we had a great opportunity. So we felt like there was something that, of, of value to, to homeowners. And, um, we also really felt like what we were doing, we could teach to other people. Now we still had a lot to build on and it was, you know, we didn't even know what we needed to know at that point still, but, uh, we really did have a sense that we could take this uh, much bigger than it was. Now, we knew we couldn't do it alone, and that's when both him and I started looking for people. And uh, I think he kind of relied on me a little bit to find people, and we had people interested. I mean, there were people from the very beginning who either wanted to come in and buy out, you know, a big portion and run it, run it with us. Uh, we had also just uh, silent investors who wanted to throw money at it and hope that we could do it. But we we really weren't looking for that. We really wanted to like people with us and partners who wanted to, you know, be on the ground, be in the day-to-day stuff. And that's, that's where I think he relied on me to help find younger guys to help him. Um, and that's where Chris, you know, was a perfect fit at that time for us. Yeah. So that's cool. So, so as you and your dad and now Chris, your, your roommate who, who you guys brought on to help out as you guys were, were growing this, when you went from two locations, was the third location added uh, you know, a few months later and the fourth a few months later after that? Or was it a gradual growth to get to that 150 where you are now, or was there a spark during this that, that really made it take off in a short amount of time? You know, at the very beginning, you know, we, we probably we only had like four or five locations um, within uh, probably by 2007. I think we only had about five locations. So this is... Three years in, 2007? Uh, it started in 2002. Oh, okay. Um, so we had, yeah, five locations in five years. Uh, the last two or three came on pretty quickly. Then at that point, I think we, we kind of stalled for about a year or two, just trying to figure out the exact model and different things. And, you know, we were, you know, looking at all kinds of different models, franchising, obviously. Um, and then, you know, we had some help from outside uh, people um, that that are that know this world a lot better than we did, and uh, that's when we decided to go the dealer route. It, it came about with some challenges and and some heartache uh, for sure, uh, and then then it was kind of more gradual. I would say it really picked up by 2012. Hmm. We I think that year we added 
30 or 40 locations. It was oh, uh, wow. a lot of growth. And did did something happen that year? Uh, like, was that on purpose? I mean, of course, everything is is planned out, but how much of that was on purpose and how much of that you feel like was luck? Yeah, there's definitely some luck. There's there's definitely uh, some help from other sources for sure, from up up higher maybe. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think uh, it was a ton to do with some magic thing that we figured out. It, I think it had started to get some momentum. Obviously, we found uh, some, some other ways of advertising and marketing our business opportunity that I think uh, had a big effect. And and then as you just grow, I mean, I think by that time we were up to about forty locations, but but adding the next 40 uh, just kind of took off because of just word of mouth, things start spreading. When you start to have successes in certain markets, it, it just really kind of goes on its own. So, yeah. So, I mean, so it sounds like the first, the first 40 took you a couple, two or three years, probably. Well, the first 40 oh. was like was eight, nine years, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you started in 02, then the next 40 was in like a year, year and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's significant growth in a short amount of time. Yeah. Was that, hard to handle was it just i mean champagne every day like how like what, what was that like going through that significant growth stage you know um looking back now i mean it didn't like we have challenges even today with, with things that we're doing but um I, I don't remember um any particular part of it i just remember you know we were we were extremely busy um you know i, w- I was more managing inventory and 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 things like that so you know, forecasting was hard because, you know, you, looking at past history wasn't helping that much when you're growing that qu- quickly. Um, and then I think you, you also started getting maturity in the ones you brought on two or three years earlier. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there were a lot of challenges. I mean, we had a lot of, a lot of I think, our marketing team, that's kind of when it took off. Uh, you know, uh, Dave Whitaker, um, uh, we, we had some other hires as well. They really got in place, I would say, around that time too, which I think is a big reason why uh, – you know, the, the growth. Um, sure. And then we started focusing more on the marketing side, the branding. Uh, we did have the brand. We, we, we developed the the brand in 2008, the Monkey Bar Storage brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's just a whole bunch of things. And by that time, you, you've got a lot more hats are being worn by, by more people versus, you know, just a few. And I think that also allowed us to, to really focus on where we needed help most and, you know, I would say some of it's luck too. I think we just continue to work hard and push forward. Sure. So you guys had this amazing growth period followed by just, I mean, continual growth. You guys have been growing and growing uh, ever since. Uh, where do you see the future of monkey bars? Where do you see the future for, for you? Are, are you doing this in, in 30 years, saving the world one garage at a time or doing something else? What, what do you think of the future holds? Yeah, I, we you know it's funny you ask that because we we do look at you know long term all the time. Um, it's something I think Chris is very good at. Also, the president of the company, Robin. Uh, r- right now, I guess the last couple of years we've we've added uh, quite a few products that I think have really made the offering that much better. We've got some really exciting rollouts in the next month to six months. Um, we've got a really big rollout in August that we're super excited about. So, I mean, as far as long-term, I, I can only take one year at a time, but uh, I I feel like what we're offering now is really what consumers are looking for. And we're giving all the tools to, to these business owners, our dealers, um, our friends, uh, everything they need to succeed. 
And there are some other things I think on the marketing side that we know we need to do. It hasn't been a focus yet, but it will be here, you know, in the, in the short run. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, in 30 years, I hope we're, we're the uh, number one, the world's number one uh, garage organizing company. And, and by then really made a huge difference in people's lives and, and making things organized and making that space kind of a, an area where it's it's uh, more like a livable space versus, oh, that's just the garage, you know. Uh, we, yeah. we really want to change that space and make it feel like more part of the home. Huh. So That's a cool I, – I like that, ha- being the owner of a garage. I can tell you my garage does <laughs> not feel like part of my home. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm behind you it's, on it's that. It's the catch-all sometimes, you know. Everything yeah. just gets thrown in the garage. It's but. true. We put our – Twenty thirty thousand dollar vehicles outside, <laughs> yeah. so we, so we can protect our junk in the garage. Cardboard boxes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so um, if if it's all right, I'd like to transition a little bit towards maybe some other entrepreneurial ventures that you've been a part of, because yeah. I, I I think you have right. Um, I've talked to you about this before. Uh, it hasn't always just been monkey bars. It seems like that's been obviously the the dominating force. Um, but you've been involved in other entrepreneurial ventures as well. Right. Yeah, like you know, the dealership in Salt Lake. I was involved with that for several years. Um, we also uh, a few years into Monkey Bars here in in Rexburg, as far as the corporate office, uh, started a little um, ad agency or marketing firm uh, called Get Found First with Stu Draper. It was originally his idea, and he kind of came to me with some ideas, and we kind of partnered up. And I, I wasn't there, you know more than eight, I think about eight months, um, just mm. certain things came up that was, was a, a higher priority in my life at the time and, and had to, to walk away from that. But uh, it was cool to watch that grow. Uh, you know, Stuart Draper's a great friend of mine and has done some amazing things with some other businesses he's had. Um, but it was cool to see the start of another another business that, that uh, you know, still successful to this day. It's, it's changed owners and... Uh, you know they they do well with that. So 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 walking through that, you've got you've got this garage organizer business which is doing very well, and then a buddy of yours goes into the marketing digital ad space, and you're like, yeah yeah, I do garages, I might as well do SEO <laughs> as well. I mean, how how that transition go, and why did you think that was a good fit? So the reason behind that I was already doing like kind of SEO and stuff on the side and PPC with our own site. Mm. Uh, we didn't, we, we were just doing that in house and a lot of it was just self-taught. You know, I was, I was watching tons of videos online, reading tons of stuff, uh, reading certain blogs, um, of, of, you know, really, really good, uh, SEO and marketing, uh, people. And, uh, just, just kind of did that on the side with my own, with, our, with a gorgeous garage at the time. Um, and anyway, Stu had a, a great idea. We we talked all the time. We were really good friends. And uh, anyway, he he kind of knew one side of that world, and I knew a, a, the other side. And so we kind of just put our heads together and kind of formed uh, some goals around uh, certain markets, certain um, industries that we wanted to focus on doing SEO for. And and I think the the business evolved over time. You know, certainly after I left, they they changed some things too. Um, Probably realized all the faults I brought into the, the business, but <laughs> no. anyway, uh, just just focused on again helping helping people become, you know, ranking higher with their website, getting first, getting found first in Google, and that yeah. you know obviously that's a huge uh, a push for any company if you yeah. can rank high. So you mentioned that 
part of what Monkey Bars does today is handle the marketing and the lead gen for your dealers. How much of that you know eight month experience with Get Found First affected what you're doing today with marketing for for your dealers? Was that was that a big part of it? Not so much. Oh no, it played a huge part. Uh, I would say. You know, a few years into it, we realized, okay, we need to get a group of people in this in the company that that's their sole focus. Right. And uh, you know, we we brought people on who uh, who studied marketing and did different things, um, and they've they've basically taken it and ran with it um, and brought it to a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was a strategy. You know, you know, 2011, 2010, we we really said, okay, we got to really focus on this. Obviously, it didn't really get going until about 2012 uh, or late 2011. But we knew if we could do this right, you know, we could we could push leads, push traffic, and do a big part of the marketing that you know the, the, the these dealers I don't think need to worry about or focus on. We we want them to focus on providing value to the customer and selling, and then also you know training a, a good team to work around as far as installation and, and running their business. We didn't want them to focus on web stuff and and you know a lot of the marketing they do too they do a lot of marketing on their own with our help mm-hmm. you know a lot of times we'll design stuff and then they'll they'll go put it in magazines or different things um but they're they're you know they do a lot on their own as well it's not just us but uh, we we play a big part of that for all the people listening <laughs> if there are, if there's anyone listening who is uh thinking about starting a business maybe it's crazy yeah no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe they haven't. Uh, they're not bold enough to take the jump just yet. They're still in the consideration mode. What advice would you have for entrepreneurs looking to get into something like this? You know, um, as I was driving in today, I kind of thought this would be a question you might ask. This is stuff I've learned from the people I've been surrounded by and, and fortunate enough to to work with. Um, probably, probably the first one. Uh, just from my dad, I've learned, you know, just to work hard, you know, like if you believe in something, just work, put out, put all your energy into that and work hard. The second one, um, I learned a lot from, from Chris being someone who is not afraid to ask questions and to, to go seek out answers from, uh, people that, that know things, uh, you know, have more experience. And, and that's, I've been privileged to watch that and realize, okay, that's something you know, I want to focus on and, and surround yourself with, with good people and people who know things uh, better than you do because you're not going to know everything. And then probably the third thing, um, I've got another partner uh, named Robin and, uh, you know, awesome guy, uh, just super hard worker. Something I've noticed with him is is he, he's, he's really good at um, understanding what to focus on and not get sidetracked. And, and for me, that's probably my hardest, my weakness because – I love entrepreneurship and I love looking at opportunities hmm. and it's very easy sitting, owning a business to look at opportunities and then start chasing them. Well, you lose focus and eventually you're just all over the map. And yeah. something I've watched with him is he's very, he's very good at being focused, huh. um, which I think any entrepreneur or anyone who runs a business, you think, Oh, Hey, I could do that. Well, should you do that? I mean, that's <laughs> the question you should, you know, is it, you know, can, yeah, maybe you can, but should you like, you know, that, that may not live within whatever you're trying to do and you lose, you lose focus, you get sidetracked. And whenever you do that, you're taking resources away from really what you're trying to, to accomplish. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty prevalent issue 
amongst entrepreneurs because there's so much to do in a business. There's yeah. and each one of those things requires a, a different skill set. It's it's pretty easy to try to do everything and try to chase every single opportunity and hope that one of them works out. Absolutely. So you're saying don't do that. Don't chase every opportunity and hope that one works out. Chase one. Do, do yeah, focus on one and, and do your best with that one. Like you know, and I've learned that just just by starting these different things. Uh, I had an ice cream shop as well at one time. For That's about right. A year. My, my wife and I, our first date was actually at your oh, really? ice cream shop, Thor's, right? Yeah, it's called. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Thanks Bitt, for that. Jeff Bitten was uh, the big push on that, but uh, yeah, I, I would say you know really focus and, and just know what you can be good at and just just do that really well and get good people around you. I mean, there's so many. There is a lot of opportunity out there, and there's a lot of great people out there, and you surround yourself with them, take care of them, treat them well. You know, they're going to do a good job for you. So let's say uh, there, there's a kid with an idea. I mean, a kid, a grown man with an idea, but they, they have one thing that they are good at, and they recognize that they need uh, some other people, some other skill sets. But being a startup, they don't have the cash to pay somebody a, a $90,000 a year salary to have that skill set. Any advice on when you're just starting off, starting out when you're just starting out and you don't have the resources how do you get people like that on board well if they're if they've proven themselves and they're that talented you know obviously there's 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 equity there's different things you can do i'm not saying that that's what you should do but you know if they're that talented you might think about that because maybe in the short run they can take a less money and take some equity and when you do that you're going to have maybe even a different guy he's going to take ownership he's going to put in maybe you know, at the beginning, time is really important. You need to get as much done as you can in as short as much shortest time you you have. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, that's one way to do it. I mean, it, the, the important thing, Kyle, is is probably recognizing that that this is a very talented person, and it's a skill that I don't have, and I need this person. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got we've got several people on our team that that I would say are are that caliber, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, you don't want those people to walk away because that, that could be the difference. You know, a couple of those people can really make things go and uh, be well worth, you know, paying them, delaying that, that pay that maybe they really want up front mm-hmm. if, they'll, if they'll take equity. Yeah. And I think some of the, the smarter, better people will see that and say, you know what, I believe in this. I'm going to – I'd prefer to take this route too. Yeah. So. Awesome. But it's a, it's a challenging question. I mean – Sure. And each case is different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam, thank you so much. I think this has been great. A lot of good takeaways from this. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today. Oh, I appreciate you inviting me. Um, so if, if anybody wants to find a little bit more about Monkey Bars, what would be a good medium for them to, to I find would you guys? Obviously, go to the web, uh, monkeybarstorage.com. Uh, or if you're in any city, you can look up uh, just the top keywords garage storage, garage organizing. And generally, uh, hopefully, our department's got our our team our dealers up in the number one spot and most of them do so awesome anyway monkeybarstorage.com that's probably probably where i'd start all right hey thank you so much for uh, doing this man appreciate it no problem hey guys thanks for listening to the podcast today if you enjoyed this feel free to give us a rating on itunes and subscribe to hear more stories from entrepreneurs who are starting businesses in small towns see you later